Hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of the Between Two Tales podcast. We are on episode 11. It is Super Bowl weekend. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. I appreciate all the, uh, we appreciate all the new subscribers and followers that have been watching our stuff. It means a lot to us since we kind of started this not knowing if we was even going to go anywhere, right? This is kind of an experiment to us. But uh, for all the new people here, Dave, why don't you tell them what this show is about? Hopefully we have some, re some repeats coming back to watch. But for all the new folks, what you're about to witness is something pretty uh, astounding and amazing as far as when it comes to writing. So Kevin is going to generate five random words. We have not seen these words and already generate them. He'll show the screen. You'll be able to see the words generate. And we got to create a story using or incorporating those five words. While that's happening, I'll begin our timer for 90 minutes. And we have to complete this entire story in that time. And then at the end, we're going to read out the whole story to you. And then Kevin, after we read out our story, we're going to yeah. compare our story to our AI overlords yeah. and see how we match up creatively against them. So far, we've been doing this for 10 or so episodes, and we're undefeated. The AI has come close, I'd say, once. It yeah. gave kind of a threat. But the rest of it, no, not no chance. But, you know, the AI is getting smarter. We're, we're watching it getting smarter, which is kind of interesting. Might be scary to some of you, but it's kind of interesting. But it, us storytellers, human power, human creative power still has its merit <laughs> as of today. All right, so let me share my screen. All right. And we will generate these words. I'll go ahead and get our timer ready. All right. So one spin. Everyone knows the rules. Timer has begun. Nice. Horizon. Consumer. Cupboard. Disaster. Deprivation. There's some words in here that go well together. Disaster and deprivation. Yeah. Consumer covered. Horizon. Horizon. Covered. I, that just reminds me of the old Mad TV skit where they're doing a Mad TV skit of R. Kelly's song. Oh, man. Trapped in the closet. He's like, we're trapped in the cupboard. <laughs> Disaster. That could be the whole can lead to the mission of the story or lead to conflict of the story. Deprivation. Yeah, deprivation, deprivation is interesting to me because there's a couple different ways here, right? But when I look up the definition, just to really understand mm -hmm. damaging lack of material benefits considered to be basic necessities in a society. There's also the lack or denial of something, which is the way I was kind of thinking of it. You know, the lack of something that <clears throat> is required or necessary, but the damaging lack of material benefits considered to be, base, to be basic necessities in society. There's a whole society aspect to that could be interesting. 
and then yeah. more maybe general or at least something that we can work into a more in a more general sense you know the lack or denial of something like sleep sleep deprivation lack of sleep yeah yeah another form is like depriving something of someone but depriving something yeah there is no cereal left in the cupboard so they're being deprived of their nutrients <laughs> yeah so the consumer has to <laughs> tumor no one needs to go buy some more cereal because they're being deprived <clears throat> that's right and then now this is a disaster and on the horizon they're gonna walk into the store yell at the manager and say why why is there no cereal in my cupboard you're supposed to deliver it hmm. horizon is one of those words you know because when kind of use it the way I just use it right now, right? As far as something is coming on the horizon, you know, this for jokes, this customer is coming and there's a horizon event happening, right? But then, you know, there's also the literal horizon speaking in terms of like the earth. So, you know, you could have like an event horizon, you could have someone watching the horizon yep oh it's like a nice little term you know this person wants to broaden their horizon that too yeah the limit of a person's mental perception experience is so on yeah yeah go broaden the horizon let's see i was just thinking about i don't know why but like a little before this i was just thinking about Neuralink from elon musk okay and i was like Huh, what if what if Neuralink was like mandatory for all citizens? Like what yeah, and, and if that were the case, what can that deprive people of besides like free will? It might not be that extreme. But okay. was it what's that movie? Is there a movie where it's like is it minority report where like you you cannot do bad things or something and they get flagged. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. <clears throat> because just to expand on my little idea here. Can't remember. Yeah. If, let's say because of Neuralink, whoever the create, well, the creators of it, the government was able to abolish all crime from this mm. utopic society because of the Neuralink. But in doing so, that deprives people of some sort of emotion or some sort of feeling. You're talking about the giver, in a sense. The neural link is a different aspect to it. But don't like in the give you you remember the giver, you know, their society bans a lot of content and media, yeah, books. And, and feelings and emotions and stuff like that, you know, the worst of the world, I guess, even though, you know, whatever, in an effort to make, to, to create the most perfect society. Ooh. So it's like this Neuralink or something like this can be an effort for the government to create the most perfect society, but leads to 
societal disaster or it is a disaster or someone tries to reverse that. I just thought about a spin on that. We know right now the divorce rate is 50% or something like that. Okay. Let's see where you're going. So if the link deprives people of love or like the emotion of love yeah. and they just like in the, some sort of giver away, they just have to be married. They get a partner selected for them and they just stick with that partner like an arranged marriage. And uh, I guess the reason why the government implemented this is to get rid of broken homes and single parents. Yeah. And stabilize, um, you know, have a steady supply of births. Yeah. Lead to a more. Right. Exactly. Lead to a more like a consistent, way, I guess. You know, they removed the feelings of like jealousy, anger, and stuff like that, either as a whole or towards their spouse or whatever. Then you have this idea of their given partners, which is very much giverish. Um, cause I don't know if they were given partners. I think they were actually, and they're also so. given their babies, but yeah, they're given partners. And then the disaster happens because, well, you could have someone. So you're saying there's a disaster event versus in the beginning versus someone comes along and we're like, we're no longer human. We're devoid of feelings and so on. We're no Me longer too. human. So it's like in a, it's like in an effort to humanize the population and bring back humanity in a sense. They got rid of all feelings. Well, that's what they did originally. And then this rebel found a way to override the program so they could feel they can feel yeah and feel things to the extreme that was bluntened or removed or whatever so it creates for happier angrier sadder matter blissfulness that is the human condition yeah kind of interesting too if everyone is just happy because they got rid of all the negative emotions. They got rid of yeah. jealousy, anger, sadness. Like I'm just imagining it like a funeral. Everyone's just smiling and just joyful because they can't feel the same thing. Thing, you know. That's so. I'm so. I feel so bad for you and the person who's receiving it. So that you know, the person in their family who passed or whatever. You know, like, oh, you like, know, such is life. Oh, thank life you. On. <laughs> thank you. We. This is a similar idea. For the life of me, I can't remember who I was watching. Ah, oh, damn it. You know, pretty much they went back in time. Uh-huh. And, okay, it was like a brother and sister. The brother was watching this old-timey show, a black-and-white type show. And, you know, he wasn't popular, didn't really have friends. And then he worked at, like, a restaurant or, or a diner. And his sister was more popular, had friends, and, and you know, et cetera, right? So they have like the remote and they break the remote and then they both get sucked into this, the world on the television and the show and, or like this guy shows up and sucks them into the television or whatever. And then in that world is pretty much what, you know, kind of what we're describing to a certain degree. It's not because of divorce rate or whatever, but it's because it's a show. And in there, there's really no expression 
like I think this guy, like one of the guys, ended up like having intercourse, and like that was for like the first time. I think he became like a painter. Like the guy at the diner who owned the diner became like a painter, and so it was more so around like these people in his life and their lives are living such blandness, and like they don't know what it's like to be out in the rain. They don't know whatever. And then as they did this, instead of it being black and white, like they like started to return color, metaphorically and literally to the people that live there. So that's what I think of when we talk about this, but the angle is it's not a TV thing. It's a divorce thing. It's a society government thing. It's just yeah, now, now I'm like, control, you know, now I'm thinking about other things. What if the world was deprived of color and everyone was colorblind? And I think I watched some video recently of some colorblind person that was able to see color for the first time and they were like it broke down in tears they were like i never knew so everything looked so beautiful yeah Um, i've seen a bunch of videos with those kind of chromatic something like those glasses i forget what they're called but like for some people who i don't think they're colorblind but i think they're or maybe they call it color blindness but they don't see you know um, there is a there's a show with Jason Momoa called C on Apple TV, on Apple TV yeah. and everyone's blind Yeah, and there's one girl that could see in there. So it's, that's kind of interesting too. All right. Well, what if, all right, here's one more angle I'll spit out. Okay. What the world was deprived of sound and everyone was like deaf. And then someone just got a hold of something so they could hear music for the first time. They don't know what music is. They hear it for the first time. It might not even exist. Right. Yeah. It might not even exist in the first place. Because it all got lost somehow. I don't know. It got lost. It, all, it was taken away. But then it got, they dug it up. They dug up a record player with some Drake. And they put it on. <laughs> <laughs> and they put it on. And they're like, what is this? Yeah, what if it's a world deprived of sound? No one can talk. They just, you know, do, uh, they type to each other maybe, or they do sign language and uh, they find a way to hear again and they hear music for the first time. I wonder where in its entirety we can go with that. I have seen an aspect of that in an, in an anime before called Dr. Stone. And that was like when quickly the premise is everyone everyone turned to stone and then it kind of resets the prehistoric times so modern technology is gone the main character figures out he's like a genius engineer scientist blah blah so he figures out how to make like modern stuff with like like primitive material so he made a record player actually he created a record player i don't know where he got the tape from but he was able to play music to all these people living in this new generation who don't know what music is. And they're all like, like fascinated and yeah. moved by it. Yeah. yeah. I'll spit, I'll just throw this one out there real quick. You know, there's, you, you could be deprived of freedom. Now what that looks like in, you know, more modern sense 
or what could look like is you have issues around trafficking. You also have just kidnapping. And I think of it, I'm like, you know, you could have a story where someone is kidnapped. It's kind of like their arc to escaping, whether they escape or not, we'll find out if we decide to go down that route. But, you know, deprived of freedom, and then it could be for a reason, you know, in the sense of the antagonist is doing it for money, doing it for sexual gratification in some sense or whatever. And when I say money, I got ransom. We're just doing it because he's a psycho. Or self <laughs> doing it becoming psycho. Yeah, yeah. Dang. But you have to, I think you you would have to do it from the person that's kid, kidnapped perspective because you might have moments where they're just trapped in the basement or, you know, wherever, a room or something like I remember there was a story uh, a while back. I mean, it's, this happens, unfortunately, a lot or happens more than we care to think. But there was a story about, like, I think it was two women who, well, they're kidnapped as teenagers or something like that, mid-teens. And they ended up having, I think they both ended up having a baby by the dude that kidnapped them. And pretty much the guy, you know, had family who would come over from time to time. Like he didn't really want people to come over that often, but he would eventually, you know, have people come over. And like these girls were upstairs in the rooms with the doors locked up. But like he just put so much fear in their heart that if they had said something or in any way indicated or alerted to a guest that they were up there, you know, he'll come and hurt them, kill them most likely is what he probably threatened. And then the way they, the way that they, they broke free, it's like a vague thing as far as my memory, but like either one of them got out, something happened. One of them got out, they ran across the street, the neighbor, it was like a black dude. I remember that. And he was just like, yeah, you know, this girl, I, that's how I remember the story. He was like, you know, this white girl running up to a black dude is just weird. How, you know, and it's just so funny. It's just like, what was he? But you know, whatever, that's his experience. And, and then they went back and got the other girl and found out that they were the girls missing for like six, seven years, maybe even longer than that, to be honest. Right. But that was, you know, you have this idea of being, you know, covered. You know, something can be in it, clearly a disaster hiding in it, you know, they're being deprived of freedom, but they can, you know, the, you know, where horizon can be used in a way that can fit in consumer might be a little harder, but someone, the person who kidnapped them could be a consumer at a store, let's say buying materials to keep them in there you know maybe they were when they were first buying whatever they needed in order to create this the environment so that they, they couldn't escape or whatever i mean it's definitely more of a drama thriller horror in a sense type story yeah 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 i'm thinking multiple angles off of that the first one i had in mind was what was it Kidnapped. Well, maybe I'll think of it, but the most recent one in my head was, oh, 
I was going to say when you're saying like, uh, so there's two things that could happen when someone get ki gets kidnapped, something good where it's like, I don't know if he was like in the last samurai, Tom Cruise, it wasn't necessarily kidnapped. It was kind of taken as a prisoner of war, yeah. but he ended up, freedom, but yeah. he ended up like, you know, joining the samurai side and fighting against his old buddies in the armed forces. And then there's, if we took this back in time a bit more, I was thinking more of like, ah, oh, this is probably why I thought of it. So, you know, the movie gladiator, right? He, sure. Yeah. He got taken as a slave yeah. and then he fought his way to freedom. Well, the reason why I thought about that, cause I saw like gladiator two is going to come out soon. What? They're making a gladiator too. I know that, <laughs> but there could be like kind of some aspect of that too. I saw traits of that in, in a recent anime that I watched the dude's village. Now this is back in the Vikings time. So his village got overran by Vikings. He made it out, but he got kidnapped and sold as a slave. And uh, the person who bought him has given him a chance to work off, like work, work his way to freedom. But you know, he has to chop down every tree in this forest and turn it into a wheat farm. So it's going to take him a while, but he has the opportunity to earn his freedom. So in a sense, the overall idea with gladiator was like, he had opportunity to work himself to freedom. They both have opportunities to earn their freedom. Yeah. yeah. That's really like the same thread here for that idea. What time period were you talking about? Not the gladiator time period. You're just using it as a reference, right? Yeah, just way back then when people are still fighting with swords and <laughs> and then buying slaves was still a normal thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the yeah. gladiators, they were slaves too. Yeah. Where where do you want where should we base? That's okay. All right. Let's pick. So we're gonna do a deprived of freedom story of a now what kind and where slave are we talking about so like we have the time period are we talking about somewhere in europe where they're gonna become a gladiator are we talking about a fake made up i think either or or we can set it in another place we can set it in another place we set it maybe maybe this guy was let's say this guy was like an invader person, the main character, and he's done a lot of invading and pillaging of villages, a lot of bad stuff that since he was younger, that's all he knew. He's been a part of a band of us invaders or whatever time period. I don't know what that is yet. Then one day, you know, his group or whatever gets overran and he gets sold into slavery because he's younger he's not like an old guy or maybe the main character isn't that. Okay, so that maybe, what if that was the second, the second co-main character? So first, there's the guy that gets sold into slavery and he's done all this bad stuff. Now he's on a farm, he's working, trying to earn his freedom, trying to make up for all the bad stuff he's done. So he's like not taking up arms anymore and stuff like that. He lets, he lets all the people bully him and stuff like that. <clears throat> and then a new slave comes along. He has to supervise this guy or he's under this guy's supervision and they have to, they're kind of working together to 
earn their freedom. And uh, maybe there, there comes a time when they have to take up arms and our main character has to get this other slave to kind of bring back his old self in order to save everything, to avoid disaster. So what I would add to that is even though he's trying to save everything and become our hero, if he gets caught, because you know, you could say that he's a slave under law, right? So because of the bad things he did, you know, it's like the options are slavery for X amount of years. We can make it like some long distance thing, death, jail. Well, if we remove this and just say, okay, see this slavery or death and it's like all right he's forced to now take up arms to protect whatever if he gets recaptured it spells death for him you know the stakes are you know by doing by picking up the sword so to speak the stakes are his death his life yeah to make things even more interesting maybe his slave owner is the nice person right he's letting these his workers, the opportunity, giving his workers the opportunity to earn their freedom. And maybe he just has a, obviously he's very wealthy, he owns all his farmland. <clears throat> and maybe he has a just douchebag of a son <laughs> that doesn't want to, or doesn't want to work hard to take over the farm. I would rather gain it in other means like maybe slaying his dad and now it's up to our characters to okay to i got it the son wants to take over instead of a farm it's more than that okay i got it so the father owns you know a whole you know land right like this whole villa whole whatever yep. right and the son wants to take over, you know, his father's riches faster or now he slays his father and inherits the land. And you mm -hmm. could say, you know, and this gets very gladiator-ish, but you could say the older slave either wants to revenge the father, his former master in a sense, in a sense, that's what it is, and get the son, or he runs away because he doesn't want to be underneath the rule of this crazy son, and he sends his goons to go after and ends his life. So the son is purging everybody. Only those clean, who disobey. Clean the slate. Only those who disobey. And since he wants to run away, it's about to catch some a blade. Okay, so the Because good. maybe underneath the rule of the sun anyways, it still spells death. Maybe the older slave realizes that it's like, I'm going to die regardless. Might as well take the chances on trying to live free. Right. So he has to revisit his old savage self to save himself and get rid of the son 
this is kind of like his, not really redemption, but he, I guess, uses his talents, per se, for good now. I mean, there could be some redemption in there. It depends on what he did. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think we should go with the idea. Okay. And see what happens. We have about one hour left. Depending on what he did. No, he should definitely be a bad person. He's, he must have done such bad things that he's just against taking up any arms. Hey, he said never again. Now he's forced in a corner, in a cupboard, to take up arms. And he makes a dash for the horizon. Yeah, do we have any, do we have a location? Somewhere in Europe. Okay. I think that makes sense. His, his origin or ethnicity... I don't know yet. Let's pull out a European random name generator. I put in Roman. Because why not? Could be Roman. All right. I'm going to put Norwegian. Let me just pick random ones. Polish. Yeah. Romanian. And Irish. Cyrus. Atticus. Thomas, Aiden, Stefan, Hades, Callum, Hugo, Jarl, Oscar, Magnus. I know what Magnus Carlson, the chess player. We can go with Magnus. Magnus. Strong name. What did Magnus do? Magnus Magnus killed a whole school's worth of children. That might just get him death on the spot. Magnus used to be in a company of raiders that okay. have slaughtered many villages of innocent people. Well, we can blunt it a little bit. So it's like raiders, yeah, they stole and pillaged and uh, did hit crimes or hits on behalf of uh -huh. the kingdom. Of the kingdom or nobles who had the money to pay for these hits. Uh huh. So it's not, you know, you can make an argument that maybe the hits were against folks that were not the greatest, but at least it gives us a little bit of wiggle room when it comes to his punishment. Interesting. That leads to some interesting possibilities on why he got sold as a slave. Could it be maybe he got either could get captured by captured, the enemy, right. yeah, or maybe he just betrayed his own people and they sold them. They captured him. So maybe in their guild to go against the guild, you know spells your demise spells disaster uh, for you at least and so they sold him off yeah or you know if you want to make a revenge story here you know he goes against the guild they deprive him of his freedom they put him in a jail or some kind of holding or banishment or whatever and he comes back 
you know, okay, he has a woman, his wife or whatever, they slaughter her, they slaughter his kids, all because he decides to leave this guild or whatever, right? Or go against them in some way. So they slaughter the people he loves the most. He gets, they remove his freedom and cast him, you know, and send him out. Right. So they put him in chains, send him out. He's going to be a slave, some far destination. And, you know, we get beyond the ship, we can see the horizons, blah, blah. And then he has to come, he, it's a revenge. So he's going to come back and come get all the people involved who did this to him. So instead of him leaving about this whole master and son thing, it's not about that. It's a revenge and, mm. and he can either do it tactically or tact tactfully, or he can just be straight barbaric, but either way, it could be interesting and in him coming back and wreaking revenge and or messing up the lie. It doesn't have to be murder. Maybe he tortures them in a sense, you know, sabotages them, their lives, their loved ones or whatever. And or maybe not the loved ones, but like, you know, sabotage could be relationships, sabotage or um, financial. And then, you know, he's just trying to ruin them and then kill them. He wants yeah. to extract torture and punishment. So how does he escape well, slavery? We'll figure that one out. Maybe he just runs off. I don't know. Or someone comes in that's able to help him, you know, get back to home and some years passed, you know, his hair's grown out or whatever. I don't know. He looks different. They don't recognize him. Okay. So how about, <clears throat> I'm thinking about ways that he could betray his own people. It doesn't have to be him betraying his own people. Oh, you mean, oh, like he goes against the guild. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I was maybe, oh, here's just one. Maybe he's part of like a unit that, on behalf of the kingdom, he goes out to neighboring, you know, villages in the country to kind of keep them in control and collect taxes, whatever, kind of keep them in line. He develops a love with a woman from a village, one of these villages, and she ain't going to be in here for very long because the kingdom orders a hit on the village. They're going to go and destroy it. Maybe the leader of that village ain't cooperating okay. or something. <clears throat> so he has to, he doesn't know what's happening maybe. And he just shows up one day hoping to see his woman and then houses are on fire. People are getting shanked. Well, his own house and his community. Maybe he's like developing a relationship with this girl and they're finally taking it serious. And then he comes to a burning village. Everyone's getting slaughtered. She's about to get slaughtered, and he makes that decision right there to kill one of his guys, protects her. It, it amounts to... like that. He can have his own people, his own loved ones in his place where the guild uh -huh. was set up, right? And then they go off to do this thing. He's having second doubts about being in this now that he's, you know, love, has a daughter or whatever, right? He's having second thoughts one of the dudes in his guild right he's out there with is about to kill an innocent person maybe a little girl just to make it more dramatic and he's trying to stop him the guy's like for whatever reason he's just like no we're going to kill everyone in this village 
and Magnus ends up killing him. And so it's not because of like his own person, but it's just like he's he was having you know second thoughts about this whole thing because his heart he's had a change he's starting to have a change of heart. Then he's forced to yeah. have this change of heart, but he ends up saving this little girl. Maybe he doesn't, but it's in the act of trying to save this little unknown girl, the innocence, trying to save the innocence. For saving one, he loses two. He you know his two own. And then, but he ended up killing one of the members, which obviously is, uh, you know, no. So, and it oh, could be okay. like a junior member. So that way, like, why wouldn't they just kill him? It could be like a newbie where it's like, all right, it's still against the guild, but like, we don't know this dude that well anyway. Well, so. It could be like against the psycho member that's just like killing people. Well, we just need to make sure the guild doesn't feel like, you know what? This dude was so important that it demands your death. It's like, eh, you know, that that guy, we just need to send a message that no one can go around doing this. But, like, that guy, yeah, if maybe there's a guy to kill, you can kill him. <laughs> you know? It's some guy that's just on the same status as him. And yeah. Maybe the guy is just a little psycho, a little sicko that just likes killing people. So, <laughs> obviously, they overtook, they overtook this village and... For whatever reason, he wanted to end this little girl's life, even though they were ordered not to. They were or maybe they were ordered to take all the women and children alive. And this guy wanted to be more sadistic, and Magnus slays him. Yeah. And then all the members of his raiding party beat and batter him and capture him and sell him off to us the slavery. Or maybe they, oh, you said they got to, they like destroy his home, right? First. Yeah. I think it's Magnus thinks he can explain the situation to the guild leaders or whatever. He's, you know, in their court and they haul him in. He begins to explain and they bring in. His wife and daughter and oh, kill no. them. In front of him. Oh, no. And, you know, they banish him and tell him, you know, death is too easy for him. He for will become a slave for the rest of his life. Whatever reason, I feel like this makes sense. In like Japan and like I mean you could still be named yeah, the funny thing that. is the funny thing is originally I was maybe we do it in Japan or something this I, does make sense on what a shogun would do to like like the samurai is I feel it like that's what they were doing was <laughs> it maybe I don't know but it can be they're all dead <laughs> so we can make it whatever we want all right, so Japan, Magnus the Samurai. So we gotta change that name. We're also down to forty-three minutes, but I'm just gonna doesn't do need to change the name. There's Kai Kano, Kano. Give me Magnus the Samurai. You know? Nah, nah, I can't have that. Yeah, what was the name of that dude? Hans? Is that the dude from Fast and the Furious? Hans, yeah. It's about to be Hans, bro. 
All right, Hans. Hans. So Hans, Hans and his warlord party. The samurai warlord party. Yeah. Just finished. So Hans is out on a mission. What's the opposite of liberating? Like to capture, cap, to entrap, to capture, to he ain't liberating them. He's not capturing them. Antonym imprison, enslave, and all right, yeah. They're there to like enslave. <clears throat> so Hans <clears throat> and his samurai warlord party <laughs> are enslaving a village. They just finished enslaving a village. It's like the, the worst thing. And we're like laughing. We're like, yeah. They're enslaving oh. a village. It's fiction. It's fiction, everybody. <laughs> All the women and children are being taken. The men are being killed. Nah, man. The men, some men are being killed. Some men are being killed. And some are being enslaved for them. Some men are being killed. Hans comes across are becoming slaves. Hans come acro comes across his fellow samurai who is telling a little girl to move. Maybe this little girl's trying to protect her wounded dad. She ain't moving. So now he's drawing his sword. He's like, okay. Little girl refuses to move away from her injured father you know he could have also been a samurai you know he got injured in the fight in the battle yep she grabs his her father's knife katana and holds it up as a way to challenge or you know deter the you know samurai that samurai i mean, I mean yeah. they're all kind of in their own right to a certain degree anyway yeah samurai guy laughs he says you know what happens he laughs draw a sword don't you little girl huh sword he releases his katana from i'm trying to remember what you call it it's just in my I was going to say unsheath his, his katana from his, uh, from his... What? What is that thing called? I don't know. Not, it doesn't start with an S. Sword holder. Scabbard. It is a scabbard. But it's not that. It can't be. Sword cover? The sheath? Well, it says the katana holder name is technically called a saya. A-Y-A. But... It's a scabbard. That's just... All right. Well, scabbard, I'm going to time. Saya. S-A-Y-A. And is about to plunge it into this little girl. But it gets stopped by another sword. Hans's sword. Hans blocks the blow. What are you doing? We're supposed to Hans. take women and children yeah. alive. Go back. She is just a child. 
out of my Ooh, baby. out of my way. What happened? Out of my way. The samurai said. She's going to learn the hard way. He's gonna learn why the sword is only meant for men. <laughs> the samurai moves around Hans and chases the little girl. He gets her cornered and is about to kill her on the spot when Hans Oh wait. There might be, because there's a wounded dad there, right? So maybe the samurai guy tries to chase the little girl. Yeah. The father grabs him. He just turns around and cuts off his arm. Just kills the father. Little girl gets angry. Runs at the samurai guy and stabs him in the leg or something. Now he's extra pissed. And uh, what we do from here, maybe successfully kills her or tries to kill her again and gets in a scuffle with Hans and that's what leads to his death. Her father grabs him. I looks down and decapitates him. With one swing. The little girl pounces digging her Knife into his back. The samurai swings and misses as the little girl runs away, leaving the sword or knife or whatever in his back. Samurai moves the knife and chases the little girl. He gets her corner and is about to kill his spot when Hans chops his arm off his head. You know what? It may make more sense just to injure him. It was not like he killed him, but then you know, his clan takes it as, okay, he didn't kill him, but he gave him this blow, you know, where he can't fight the same and so now he has to his arm. Yeah. So Hans chops off his arm. Other guild or you know clan members run over and arrest Hans. The little girl escapes with her life. We had to do some jumping. Feel like she needs to come back in the story somehow. I don't know if we have time yeah. to incorporate her, but years later she might come back and be out here just But yeah. It'll be about thirty two minutes. The little girl escapes with her life. Hans is called into the Samurai Court. Court, yeah. <laughs> Samurai Court. He begins to explain why he cut off the other member's arm. They tell him he should be put to death, but they have an 
better idea. Oh, well, they give him an option. What kind you of commit. So he can commit seppuku, which is what those samurai guys did. Yeah, so he offs himself, potentially. Or, Short story. Or he gets sent into slavery. Maybe he gets that option after they murder his family. Then it makes him a coward. Because wouldn't he want to join his family? No, because he wants revenge. Maybe. His, his revenge for blood. Maybe. Supersedes him wanting to join. For How about this? For the sake of this, he doesn't get an option. They have a better right, idea. Right. They haul in his wife and child. <laughs> kill them on the spot. Dave's got a dark mind, everybody. No, no. Remember. <laughs> have him off himself. I mean, I'm just trying to, you know, incorporate accurate historical <laughs> references. All on his family and murder his family in front of him. So, what you're saying, all right, so they haul him in, they kill them, and then they give him an option to join them in death or become a slave. Yeah. All right. All right. So, the leaders of the clan. Tell Mr. wants to be accurate here. Tells him he can join his family in death or become a slave till his death. Or live his life as a slave. Hans in the middle of his grief. Steps towards the leaders in a threatening manner, but he is stopped. He decides slavery will be his fate, obviously with the mindset that he's going to extract revenge. All right, Hans on the back of a horse-drawn carriage thing being taken to a boat being sent to a boat and shipped to Korea to Korea I don't know and shipped to another land another Japanese island I don't know nah they removed him from Japan Oh, they remove him from Japan. He has to keep going and come back. You know, it's interesting. He, what if he goes to Europe? And he's like the only Asian guy there. <laughs> he goes there and becomes a gladiator. So, yeah, he's shipped to... Or, you know... Guam. Or, you know, the ship can wreck in a storm and he, you know, survives and washes up on shore and starts to make his way back. <laughs> I think part of the story needs to be his enslavement and the horrors of that. However, there's a lot of terrible disasters that can happen from, from the shipwreck. But my thing is, okay, he does the shipwreck happens. He survives that disaster. He gets to wherever he is and you know, he's not known. They don't know he's a slave most likely, unless we want to somehow make that part of it and then it's like he can return right away yeah or he gets i think he's become a slave and worked the fields 
he gets enslaved, and maybe he leads a rebellion to free themselves. Or maybe on the ship he tries to lead a rebellion. He attempts to lead one, and then gets, you know, it gets stopped. You know, it doesn't mean to kind of give up. So where is he being shipped to Korea? He'd be shipped to Korea for now. It's okay. Whatever. Another Asian country. <laughs> Boat and ship to Korea. While on, on the ship, Hans <coughs> tries to escape. Tries to jump overboard. Plan for escape. He tries to attack at night to get back to Japan. His plan is stopped when a deckhand knocks him out. Is him trying to remove his chains or whatever. Or, you know, they see sees him trying to access the captain's quarters trying to kill him. They place him in like higher security or like place him like 24 hour watch where they just kind of take turns watching him. Alright. He arrives in this unfamiliar land where he doesn't understand the language or customs. <clears throat> Man's isolated. All right. They bring him to an auction. He gets bought by a landowner to work the fields. Rice fields. The rice fields. He tries to escape again, but is, yeah, they could harm him in some way to keep him like under control. They just literally beat him. They just whip him. Yeah. Every time he tries to escape. But he's beaten badly. They try to break his spirit. I mean, this guy's a fighter, man. This man comes from, you know, in his own rights, he knows how to really fight. But, you know, whatever, right? Day after day, he works away in the fields. But at night, he practices his skills. He attempts, about 22 minutes, he attempts more, escapes. But each time, is found track down and is beaten. Maybe what's the like equivalent to like digging a tunnel in a prison cell and escaping of what he could do? Maybe I don't know. Maybe he hides in a barrel or something of cargo and they ship him out. Well what we could have is someone gets bought and sent to this thing and they speak you know, Japanese. You know, it could also be one of those things where over time he learns the language too. Yeah. But he could befriend someone that in some way helps him 
escape some, you know, I mean, in some way, you know, it could be another slave. It could be someone who's not a slave. What about takes pity on him or whatever, or realizes, uh, oh, you know, they realize the skills that he has, they could actually use it for their benefit out of the field. That's where I was getting at. Cause maybe this landowner, he has a son going back to the son thing. The son, he wants the son to take over the farm, but the son wants to be a warrior, but the son obviously has, no one's going to teach him how to sword fight, but this guy knows how to sword fight. So maybe they kind of do a compromise here where the son helps, huh? Where he has to train him. Yeah. And the son helps him escape somehow. Yeah. Or maybe at this rice farm, they, this is kind of a crazy ass idea, but I'll say it. They keep getting attacked. So they use Hans and they ask him to train all the rest of the slaves. But this is a bad idea because it's like you train all your slaves to be damn near master swords when they're going to come get you. So that's well, why I feel like these farms, well, in the anime I watched, they have bodyguards. And maybe the bodyguards just aren't good at fighting. Maybe they're going through so many bodyguards because they're just not great. And yeah, Hans, Hans trains them. Maybe he becomes right. that. I mean, we could throw it in there. Becomes head bodyguard and earns his freedom. I don't know. One day, a bodyguard catches Hans. Swinging, swinging a wooden stick. Yeah, his sword skills with a stick the guard and they go watches, and test them well he tests them watches from afar and realizes he has some skill he interrupts yeah. him and then tests him he interrupts him and picks up a stick to challenge him uh, i was gonna say he throws him a real sword now that is just not a smart thing to do as a guard. We could make this even more historically accurate. Ninjas attack the farm. <laughs> you know how ninjas and samurai are always fighting each other. Oh, I see. What, uh, do they have ninjas in Korea? I don't know. Probably yeah, assassins. Their version of assassins. All right, so the guard watches from afar. He realizes he has some skill. He interrupts him and picks up a stick to challenge him. They duel. They start sword fighting. The guard realizes he's better than him. Yes. Who are you? Yeah, he asks who he is and tells him the truth. In shock, the guard tells him he should kill him. Too dangerous. Yeah. Acts as if he can train him, make him better. Hans thinks about this, but realizes this may be his way to freedom at the very least, you know, gets him out of the rice fields. Okay. So we're at about 16 minutes. So I think your idea is actually, you know, very good. 
So we can kind of do some jumping and incorporate where it's like, okay, you know, cons, trains, all the guards, well, you know, over time. So it's something like over over time, cons, trains, all of the guards. Mm-hmm. Comes well respected. Yeah. He tells the master or, or you know whatever the owner tells the owner. He wishes to have his freedom. The owner, I don't know. Does the owner say maybe? Does the owner say no? But then well, I was going to, well, I was thinking of whatever that, you know, so they have their little thing, their little conversation. Then one day these assassins come in trying to get the owner. He's a powerful man. And then the owner is like, you saved my life. Or maybe that conversation life, happens after. I'll give you your life in a sense. Maybe that conversation happens after. Like assassins just randomly attack. All right. So over Hans. time, Hans trains all the guards and becomes well respect- respected. One day. Assassins attack the farm. Kevin attacked the farm. Dave leads the attack. Dave puts on his best ninja suit. Attack. Starts throwing stars at. On the farm. The assassins. They start after the owner, but kill off the bodyguards slaves, and some, some of the bodyguards. bodyguards. The I guess newly trained bodyguards are able to repel some of the attacks. The best. Assassin goes, sneaks their way into the house and is about to stealth kill the owner when Hans comes out of nowhere and kills the killer, the assassin. Okay. The farm wins. And order the farm winds and everything goes back to normal in a sense. But whatever. All right. So Hans tells the owner he wishes to have his freedom. The owner says he never freed a slave before, but he saved his life and thinks it's just to give his give him his freedom. Hans is a free boy. Yeah, I'm writing ahead, like really broad stuff. Yeah, do it, uh, man. Maybe you can. Where are you writing up to until he gets? Do you write after he gets back to Japan? Okay, so this is what I got so far. That doesn't have any details. His generals. He's granted his freedom, just like you said. And he starts to make his journey back to Japan and makes his way back to his homeland. At this point, he's unrecognizable. He's in Korean attire, whatever that looks like. He's got longer hair, beard, whatever. And he starts to recognize some of his older crew, his crew, his old crew in the town, just prancing around and stuff. 
Now he starts to make plans to pick them off. Mm. I had one where a guy's in a hot spring bath, and Hans gets him there. Maybe he gets another guy who's like drinking with a bunch of, of women, picks him oh. off there. All right. So you got from when he gets his freedom to when he gets back home, and then when he starts to pick off some. So we just yeah. got, what we're going to do is skip ahead. So, all right, he's picking off some. Okay. At the end of the day, in order to really make the story feel complete, he has to get the main. He has to kill the Shogun. The Shogun, yeah. All right. So. He has to um, show up at the Shogun's house. Hans is invited some way, somehow to the Shogun's house. Or he just shows up like a ninja in the middle of the night. It's more sweeter if he's invited. It's like the man invited his own death. What does he get invited for? That's the thing. I don't know. What cool thing is Hans? They all think he's oh, a Hans. Korean. Maybe Hans poses as some like Korean trader and he's trying to yeah. Korean merchant and he's trying to yeah. do some business. He's trying he wants to buy some slaves. He wants to or buy, buy some land. Slaves. Or buy some land off the shogun and bring like some Korean bring an opium farm. <laughs> I think he's going to do the ploy of he wants to buy a bunch of slaves. He's a wealthy Korean. He wants to buy a bunch of slaves. He wanted to come in person so he can personally inspect. Well, he represents his client, whatever is, and he's just representing. So he's come so here and Mars he's invited to the Shogun's house as a representative. I mean, it's all fake. He made up the story, but as a representative to a yep. wealthy Korean family businessman looking slaves for their newly bought land. You know what? I think, huh? All right. Never mind. Let's keep going. Now I'm trying to, now I'm starting to think this should happen before he starts killing off the members. So they kind of know him. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, and he, he reveals he, himself as he, yeah. Kills him. That would be pretty cool. I mean, everyone's watching us do this as a draft, and that's part of the cool thing about it is that, like, it's not meant to be perfect, but that's a, definitely the arrangement. I mean, maybe we could do the arrangement as we're talking about it, as long as we keep it in mind. Yeah, yeah. I think he gets invited there first, and then, you know, they all get to know him as some, like, rich guy. Well, yeah, so Hans... So again, in Japan, he goes there underneath the ploy of him being what we just said, you know, yeah. representing Rep the representative. family, yeah. right? And then, you know, he's invited and they invite him, talks, he's talking about this. The clan gets to know the new Hans, even though his name's not Hans. But, and they want to treat him right, right? Because they want to do business. That's right. You know, treat our honored guest. They were ordered... To treat him, treat our guest of honor, honored guests, and then we have those killings. And I'll just say, Hans knocks off clan members one at a time, revealing his true identity. Watching the horror in their eyes as he lobs off their heads. All right, so we've got, we got to get to that, that part where he gets the Shogun. Of course. Maybe this is his quote-unquote last day there. 
where he like has to make his selection. Yeah, it's the day of slave selection. Oh, and he sees they didn't even know who she was, but he sees that they recaptured that girl that he saved many years prior. Ooh, okay. Han sees the girl he saved many years prior as a slave. Or is she working as a servant already in the Shogun's house? She's a slave. She could be a servant. Maybe he uses her to access the Shogun's home. Like, well, okay, you can yeah. walk freely, but she might have keys to certain areas or whatever. Like, access. You know, they didn't have keys. They have keys back then. Maybe she opens the sliding door. Which has been keys. They were just simple as <laughs> keys. But he sees the girl he saved many years prior as a slave. We'll work that in some way, but. Let's just say, you know, Hans wakes up. How do we want to do this? I'm thinking he wakes up the Shogun from sleep. Wakes up the Shogun. He wakes up the Shogun from his sleep. He escorts the Shogun to a room where he has already tied up the Shogun's wife and children. This man's getting dark. Now, how dark are we going to get now? <laughs> he has to be better than him. He can't kill him. Maybe he kills the Shogun in front of him. He tells uh, he tells the wife what the Shogun did many years ago to his family. Right, he's inducing fear in their hearts that he'll do it to them. He takes a knife and slices off the arm of the Shogun. Of the Shogun. Uh-huh. He extracts three minutes, extracts his revenge bit by bit until the shogun is nothing more than blood and tissue. Boy did the gruesome. <laughs> the shogun's clan comes running in and see the horror before for them they instantly attack and hans fights them but ultimately loses he wasn't interested in running he dies then now or maybe he gets dealt a fatal blow. He's bleeding out. He escapes the Shogun's manor with the girl, and then he just dies in front of her, saying, "Like now, I get to I mean, now I avenge my family." To tie in this girl properly, like the way I see it, if we have more time or another draft, like this girl needs to be tied in way better, and then yeah, and then, but also like. The way we go about this clan's demise and then the Shogun's death can be sharpened. He burns it down. The manor. I feel like in one version of the story, he should burn down the manor with him in it. Because <laughs> don't forget, he was once a part of them. It's like ending the cycle almost. That's true. You know? Or maybe 
the girl, the little girl's telling him to escape with her, and he's like, he's like "No, you go." Yeah, he kind of sort of deserves this. Yeah, because he's gonna die anyway. Yeah, this fire. About one minute, Hans. You got add in the cupboard scene somewhere in Consumer. Well, okay. Well, Consumer is like the owner. He's a consumer. He's gonna. Yeah, he's a consumer. Disaster is all of this. So really, in Horizon, we can tie that to the boat sequence so he can see the horizon. Yep. The cupboard. Forty-two seconds. Hans. 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 Hans hits the lantern on the wall, and the house becomes engulfed in flames. The girl he saved tells him to run with her, but Hans declines this because he knows he deserves this death as well. Alright, I got covered. I got covered. It's in the very beginning. We'll just stash it there. Alright. Were you able to hear the thing go off? No. Alright, it just went off. Whew. That was a tight one. This, this is actually a pretty good story. It needs a whole bunch of tightening up and details, but... Dude, I started coming up with lines <laughs> that could make this more interesting as it went on. I was like... With enough work and detailed work and all this stuff and tying in some of these themes and these kind of storylines that we were going, it could really be a proper story. Because, like, one of the other things, I was like, all right, instead of becoming a slave... And let's say he, he shipwrecks and washes across, like, a Korean shores. Yeah. Maybe he starts becoming a personal bodyguard to oh, someone very rich. That's interesting. That's an interesting aspect. And somehow he just earns his earns enough money to head back yeah. whatever adventures those two might go to. Yeah, yeah. And then exacts his revenge. They're not under the guise of a merchant this time, but actually... As a go back to as an assassin, the assassin, yeah, yeah, that's not a bad like path either. There was another path I thought of too, but then I forgot. But well, the path I think with this younger girl or just like girl he saves or whatever could go in its own like little thing, but you know, I put this little idea where it's like, yeah, they're treated as an honored guest, but like. He's lobbing off their heads bit by one and whatnot. And I think there could be, like, how he goes about doing that could be very detailed. But I, oh, some detail. that's what I was going to say is that the whole, like, you know, there, there's also some detail, needs to be details around, like, why. So he gets there. They don't do the slave inspection that same day. Like, they do it later. So, like, why is that? And it's like he comes back on that day. He sees a girl. Does he see the girl before that main day of the selection? Maybe he sees her the same day he goes there just to introduce himself properly. Yeah. And that might open up other possibilities to accessing the Shogun, you know? Like, that actually might work really well in, like, your version, the second, the other version of the one that you just brought up of, like, you know, he goes there. And he sees her somewhere, some somewhere, somehow. Maybe she's allowed to go to the market or something like this. And he sees her and talks to her, finds out that she's been, she's a servant at this place now. And that opens some doors, you know? Yeah. 
So interesting story. I interesting. This one was a bit harder to get out, or at least to get started. We started off on something completely different. Yeah, like we started when we were spitballing our the ideas. It was on something completely different. Now it's like, but it still ended up with some with an idea that's actually decent. Like it's a good idea, and it has multiple avenues it could take in order to make it better. So, right, exactly. It, it's not a bad draft. Not at all. All right. So, which parts do you want to do? Oh boy. That's gonna. That's the hardest part. <laughs> I think we just might have to free range it. So, like the beginning, I add just some stuff about the beginning. That right, so if I, you're gonna do the beginning, I think I'll say. But I have a the... part where I put your name in caps because once we get out of Korea, I'm like, there's a section there that's missing for me. That I think all right, you so you want to do the beginning. Uh, you do the up bottom to, up to when he goes back. At, well, well, once he gets to Korea, you said I can go all the way up to, or I can go up to confidently to where he gets his freedom in Korea. Where he gets his freedom. So you know the owner okay. says, you know, you know, he saved him, whatever. He's gonna get his freedom. And then you had that passage part where he goes back, and then we just rearrange how Hans is invited to the Shogun's place. The only other thing, so all of that stuff you have, I, I believe, the only other thing that's a, probably a little bit different in my section that you already talked about, but I don't know if you wrote it down because we were running out of time, was just, you know, the idea of him engulfing the property in fire and him staying there. Okay. But I think, yeah, I, can... I mean, you can add that in. That's not a big lift there. Yeah. All right. So if you do all the way up to he gets his freedom, I could finish it. Okay. I will say Perfect. in the beginning to incorporate cupboard you have the little girl hide in the cupboard when she gets a, when the father stops her yeah when the father stops the samurai and she runs away she's hiding in a cupboard with her knife and she just pops out and stabs the dude she like yeah. he's looking for her and he's looking for her and she like pops out like <laughs> and tries to ambush him stabs in the back okay all right all right got the cupboard and then I was just gonna, you know, I said something about Horizon on the boat. Yep. All right, cool. And so that's covered. Horizon already said consumer. It's just more so the idea of being consumer, just because. Uh, he is gonna be a consumer. He's trying to buy slaves. He's exactly. Not gonna... Like, you don't have, we don't we don't have to say he's a consumer. He's just buying slaves. That's what a consumer does. Yeah. But, well, not buy slaves, but buy something. Well, he also gets bought, too, yeah. as a slave. So. And the whole thing is kind of a disaster. I mean, the whole thing is a disaster for him. But for him. the disaster of losing his kids and they deprive freedom. So, yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. All right. You ready? I'm ready to begin. All right. Let me make one note. Make a little note. All right. Okay. All right. So we're going to go over this story. Just to recap, the words we were given were horizon, consumer, cupboard, disaster, deprivation. We have creative ways to incorporate consumer and deprivation and cupboard to end horizon. And we're just going to start the story from the very top. Mr. Dave, why don't you kick us off? 
All right. Our main character, Hans, is a part of a war, warlord samurai clan where they pillage, plumage, and take what they can from other territories and other samurai clans. It's back in the times where samurais were taken from each other, Hans and his party, his clan, reach a village where they have finished enslaving and rounding up most of the women and children. They're doing their patrols of killing off certain men, older men who are no good use to them and killing off any men who's still trying to fight them and enslaving those men that they think that they can use on the markets as slaves to sell or for themselves. As this is happening, one of Hans, Hans's fellow samurai clansmen is trying to kill off an injured man who was a fighter, was another samurai in the middle of the battle. He's trying to finish him off. But what's standing in his way is a little four-foot girl who's trying to block off her father. <clears throat> this samurai is not necessarily trying to kill her, but his patience is starting to wear thin. Hans happens upon the scene and watches. The little girl keeps on refusing to move. The samurai goes for her arm and tries to pull her away. She snatches it back, covering her father. And when she turns around, she's holding between them the knife from her father. <clears throat> the samurai, confused, looks down at this little girl. Is she really trying to challenge him? He laughs. She should know better. She should know what happens when you draw a sword against the samurai. That samurai releases his katana from the scabbard. He points at her, tells her to move again. She refuses. This little girl's brave. She's about to plunge it, or she's about to swing it at the little girl. When Han steps in and blocks the blow. What are you doing? He asks. You know she's just a child. She's of no real harm. Samurai has now lost his patience and is angry. <clears throat> Out of my way, he says. She's going to have to learn the hard way. The samurai moves around Hans and is about to get the little girl. But she backs up. As he tries to swing again, her father, wounded on the ground, grabs at the samurai. <clears throat> he looks down at her father, pitiful, he thinks, and decapitates him around the spot. <clears throat> the little girl, at this moment of anger and sadness, pounces on top of him and digs her knife into his back. Samurai lunges up <clears throat> as, he as he shouts at the pain, at the shooting pain in his back. She leaves the knife in his back and runs away to go hide. The samurai removes the knife and begins to search for this little girl. At this point, so angry, he just wants revenge. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about saving her. He steps into the house that he saw her walk into and searches it underneath the bed, around every corner in every room. He gets to the kitchen area and opens up the cupboard. And there she is, cornered in there. It's perfect for him. He's about to kill her right there on the spot and put his sword right through her head when Hans chops off his arm. 
the other clan members hear the scream of the samurai as he shouts out his arm. They come in quickly into the house to see what's going on and what person of this other clan has managed to cut off the arm of one of their own. But to their surprise and their horror, they see their own Han standing there with his katana blade bloodied by this man's arm. The little girl in all this unrest manages to escape as the attention has been focused onto Hans. They shout, Hans, what have you done? This can get you killed. Hans tries to explain that he has lost his temper and was going to kill a little girl unnecessarily. They arrest Hans and tell him not to fight or resist or else they will kill him on the spot. And Hans submits. Hans is brought in front of the Shogun. He's in the middle of Samurai Court. He explains the rationale behind needing to take action against one of his own brethren. The Shogun looks at him, barely making any discernible emotion. Eventually, the Shogun tells him that he should be put to death, but in this case, he has a better idea. The door on the side swings open and some screaming and feet, footsteps are heard. To Hans's horror, his wife and child are brought in. Hans is trying to make out what on earth does the Shogun have in mind. They tell his wife and child to kneel, and they do, out of fear, and Hans is still trying to work out. And as Hans is about to tell the Shogun to not enslave his family, the two clansmen chop off the heads of both family members. Hans is stunned. There's no way he would have seen this coming. The leader, the Shogun, tells him at this point he can join his family in death or become a slave for the rest of his days. Hans barely hears him. In the middle of his grief, he steps towards the Shogun in a manner that's considered threatening. And two of the other clansmen who just decapitated both his wife and his child stepped towards him with their blades drawn. Hans, with no blade, no way of defending or attacking, stands down and decides he'll accept his fate as a slave. At that very instant, he's put in chains and is hauled off via horse in a carriage. He's taken to a port, put on a boat, and is being shipped to God knows where. He watches his beloved Japan slip into the horizon as they sail further and further away from his home, away from his family. <clears throat> While on the ship, Hans devises some plans to escape and get back to Japan in order to carry out an attack on the Shogun and everyone in the clan as revenge for his family. Hans flips his chains and tries to get and tries to gain access to the captain's quarters in order to put an end to the captain and turn the ship back around. However, a deckhand sees him in the middle of the night and hits him over the head, knocking him out. For the remainder of this trip, 
He's put on 24-hour watch with guards enter, coming and going, watches, watching his every move. They finally reach this new place, this unfamiliar land, a land where he doesn't understand the language or the customs. <clears throat> this land is Korea. They bring Hans and the rest of the slaves on the ship to, to auction. Hans, as a great physical specimen, is bought on the spot and bought to work in the rice fields. As the days and the months and the years go by, Hans tries to escape every now and again, but is beaten badly for his attempts. It begins to break his spirit, but every time he begins to lose hope, he thinks about his wife and his child. And it keeps the flame lit in his heart that one day he will avenge their deaths. As he works by day in the fields, at night he practices his skills, honing them, sharpening them, maintaining them. One day, as he's practicing his skills with a wooden stick, a bodyguard so happens to be watching him from afar. Hans is unaware that the bodyguard has found him. Hans moves with swiftness and skill that much higher of the bodyguard or any of the bodyguards. Finally, the guard steps out from his hiding position and interrupts. Hans doesn't know what to do. Is he about to get his head cut off or practicing his skill or what? He, re he readies himself to run. Instead, the bodyguard picks up a stick, brings it up, and places it in front of Hans. Hans realizes that he's being challenged. They fight back and forth. The guard's testing his skills. Guard soon realizes that Hans' skill is way better than his own. He tells him he should be killed. He's too dangerous, but he promises not to take up arms against him or any of the other guards. He will let him live. Hans nods his head. The guard tells him he has another request of him. Hans awaits this request, fearing the worst. Hans, the bodyguard asks Hans if he can help train him to make him better. Hans thinks it's such a strange and weird request, but obliges it because maybe it'll help him obtain his freedom faster. At the very least, he'll get him out of the rice fields. Hans begins to train this guard, and the guard, they build up as trust with Hans, and Hans begins to train all the other guards at this home, at this on this land. He becomes well-respected, but he has not gotten his freedom. Then one day, a clan decides to attack the farm. They're really assassins looking to get the owner. The leader of this clan is Kevin. And as the rest of these assassins are going after bodyguards and the bodyguards are fighting back and succeeding to a certain degree, one of the assassins, the head assassin, breaks off and sneaks his way into the house because the main objective is to kill the owner. As the, as the assassin is about to stealth kill the owner, Hans comes out of nowhere and kills off the assassin saving the life of the owner. Hans and the owner talk. The owner thanks Hans for saving his life. 
and for his loyalty. He'll be upgraded for his living and quality of food. But Hans sees this opportunity as another way for him to obtain what he's been wanting ever since he has left Japan, his freedom. He expresses his wish to have his freedom from the owner. The owner thinks it through and tells him he's never freed a slave before. But then again, he's never been in the circumstance where he was saved by a slave before. The owner grants Hans his freedom and thanks him again for saving his life. All right. That's what I got. Hans is given a bit of money from the owner to go about his ways. Hans starts making his, making his way towards the Korean market, farmer's market, just to purchase some, some goods because he plans on going back to Japan to exact his revenge. He comes across some fancy attire and he purchases it, purchases it from the tailor. The tailor tells him, or get, he, he asks the tailor for some directions, you know, on how to get back to Japan, which boat he should take. The tailor tells him to take a certain path, but to be wary because there's dangers lurking in that path. Hans has no idea what he's talking about. So he thanks the tailor and he makes his way on the path towards the boat, towards the harbor. <clears throat> While on the path, on hears some hissing. What could that be? He looks over and just camouflaged within the field is a snake. He's staring eye to eye with this snake and it's a pit viper, the most poisonous snake in Korea. Han unsheaths his sword, he does a swing. And the next scene we see him at the harbor on the boat, on his way back to Japan. He's now in his attire, he's wearing this fancy attire. His plan is to put on a guise, to go to Japan under the guise of a representative working on behalf of a very wealthy Korean merchant. So when he gets to his hometown in Japan, he makes his way to the Shogun's Manor. He gets stopped at the front gate by two bodyguards asking him, what does he want? Foreigner. Hans says, I wish to request a meeting with the Shogun. I have business to do. I represent a very wealthy from Korea and we would like to do some business. I would like to see your wares. One of the bodyguards says, stay here one moment, please. He walks into the Shogun's manor. Several minutes later, he walks back out and says, the Shogun is ready to see you. Hans enters the Shogun's manor, enters the house. <clears throat> he sees other bodyguards inside the house, drinking, having fun. And he sees out the corner of the eye, the two bodyguards who executed his wife and child back in the day. Immediately his blood boils, but he has to keep on a poker face because he knows they have what's coming to him. So he sees the Shogun, explains why he's here in 
he rep his client from Korea wishes to purchase several slaves, possibly some land to invest in a farm here and wanted to know if that would be possible with the Shogun, with the Shogun's permission. The Shogun says, of course, let me think about it. But for time being, please enjoy Japan. I'll make sure you're being well taken care of. <clears throat> and we could talk business on a certain day. So he tells his bodyguards to please treat Hans as a guest of honor, show him around, show him stuff this village and the two bodyguards who just so happen to be showing Hans around are the very same executioners who killed his wife and kid back in the day. So Hans is escorted first to a hot springs bath by one of the executioners. They're having a laugh. He's like, oh, you Koreans, you don't have this in Korea, do you? Hans says, no. And he, the bodyguard's like, this is why Japan is much better. We, this is natural. We have these everywhere. <clears throat> and they have a laugh. So they're sitting in the bath, just conversing. The bodyguard asks why Hans's Japanese is so good. Hans says, you know, I do business quite frequently with Japan. So I have to learn the language. Bodyguard laughs. The room is getting quite foggy. Hans says, He'll be right back one moment. He enters the fog and underneath his clothes, he takes out a blade and he returns to the hot springs bath with the bodyguard. The bodyguard says something to Hans. Well, actually Hans whispers something. The bodyguard says, what did you say? Hans says it again. Bodyguard says, come closer. I can't really hear you. Hans gets closer and with a swift strike, stabs the bodyguard in the abdomen. The bodyguard is shocked. His eyes are blown up. Hans looks him straight in the eyes and reveals his identity. You killed my wife and child X years ago. My name is Hans and I'll see you in hell. So he leaves the body there goes on about his business. The next day, he's escorted. News of this bodyguard's murder gets across the Shogun's manor. They're all panicking. They think there's an assassin here trying to get the bodyguard. I mean, trying to kill the Shogun. The next bodyguard asks Hans if he knows anything about it since he was last seen with this particular bodyguard. Hans says, no, we just went to the baths and I decided to have an early night. So I left and the bodyguard was still in the baths when I left. So the bodyguard says, oh, well, that guy probably had it coming. He was, he did a lot of bad things in the past, you know, and Hans says, okay, sure. So he goes with this bodyguard to dinner. And they start ripping shots of sake. They start and they start getting drunk. <clears throat> but you know they're having a good time. They're partying. But when the bodyguard goes to the bathroom, excuses himself to go to the bathroom, Hans pulls out a vial of liquid. 
only a few drops. But he he pours this liquid into the shot class of this bodyguard. The bodyguard returns from his bathroom break, and Han says, Let me pour you another round. Pours a round of sake, pours himself one. And he says, Cheers. And they both take the shot. The bodyguard drinks it up, but Hans decides not to take the slash shot and he puts it down. The bodyguard's like, what are you doing? <clears throat> Can you not handle your liquor? And Hans is like, no, I can handle it just fine. Then within a few seconds, the bodyguard puts his hand on his thro own throat and he starts choking. He starts gagging. And Hans leans close to the bodyguard and says, did you know the pit viper is the most poisonous snake in Korea? What you just drank was three bites of a, of a pit viper. And the bodyguard can't talk. His throat is closing up. His eyes are getting bloodshot. And he says, before you go, I want you to know I'm Hans. And you killed my wife and child two years ago. And this is what you get. And the bodyguard, after hearing Hans's words, dies with bloodshot eyes right then and there. So Hans, again, goes about the next day. The Shogun's manor is getting panicked because another bodyguard has died. They don't suspect Hans at all. Now it's now the day that Hans is supposed to look at the wares of the Shogun. The Shogun is supposed to show him his selection of slaves, show him plots of land that are available for him to purchase and invest in. Hans shows up at the Shogun's manor, and he spots out of the corner of his eye a familiar face, a girl. And he can't quite put in his head where he knows this girl from. And then... As she turns around, he gets a better look at her face. He realizes it's the same girl that he saved so many years ago. And now she's a servant at the Shogun's Manor. <clears throat> so Hans pulls her aside just to confirm. He tells her a certain date and the village name. Says, did I save you that day? And she drops everything that she's carrying. And she recognizes Hans. So together, they hatch a plan on how she would sneak Hans into the Shogun's Manor in the middle of the night. She, she opens a gate and leaves it open, unlocked. So that night, Hans sneaks into the Shogun's Manor, makes his way into the Shogun's room. He has a blade. He puts it against the Shogun's throat. And he quickly taps the Shogun awake. The Shogun awaits to a cold feeling of a steel blade against his throat. And Hans looking over him. He says, what are you doing? He said, don't move. Do everything I say. And maybe I'll let you live. So he escorts the Shogun into another room. Where the Shogun sees... The show, his wife and his own child tied up there on the floor. 
The Shogun desperately asks Hans, what are you doing? I'm like, I'll do anything. What is it do you want? Do you want money? You know, you can have the slaves and these plots of lands for free. Just let my let myself and my family live. Hans says, I can't do that. Because then reveals his identity to the Shogun. You killed my family so many years ago. Now I'm here to get my revenge. The Shogun tries to desperately apologize, saying, you know, it, it shouldn't be personal. He had to do what he had to do. And Hans disobeyed the guild's law to begin with. Hans says he doesn't care. Unsheaths his katana and takes a sling and cuts off the Shogun's arm. The Shogun is screaming in pain while his wife and child in the background are shrieking in horror. And then Hans, he sees the Shogun. He says, I'm not like you. I'll let your family go, but you will die today. And he goes on a swinging frenzy, starts slashing everywhere, leaving the Shogun in a bloody mess on the floor. He cuts off the rope that was tying, that was holding wife and child hostage, saying, telling them to run away. In a few minutes, the guards of the Shogun quickly fill the room. They look in horror at the, at their Shogun dead, lying dead on the ground. And they hold their spears, their swords up to Hans and they start to attack. But Hans is a great warrior. He ends up fighting off these guards, but he's dealt a fatal blow. He's sitting there bleeding out. The girl sees Hans bleeding on the floor. She runs over to him, tries to stop the bleeding, tries to cover it up. And Hans says, it's too late. And he tells the girl to run, tells her to leave. The girl hesitantly leaves. And while she's, while Hans knows that she's gone, he picks up a lantern that has a bright flame in it and he just smashes it on the ground. The flames quickly engulf everything within the Shogun's manor. And the girl, while she's having left the Shogun's manor, looks behind her and sees a flame engulfing the entire manor, smoke bellowing everywhere. And that is the end of the Shogun and Hans. I like that we both em embellished this a little bit and improved mm -hmm. scenes in here. Definitely felt way more rounded out. I still think some of the other paths that you brought up are very interesting and potentially better, but that was a really good, I think we knocked it out of the park. I think this is actually a quality idea. Very good. Uh, and that was very good. I think it's something that could, that it has some, some legs. Yeah, I think so. I think so. The whole time I was like, I need these guys to die. Like a, a very oh, uncomfortable God. death. <laughs> that was like, I didn't see the snake. I wasn't, I didn't know the snake thing was going to come in there, but that came in there. I was like, whoa, okay. All right. Well, I wanted them to poison him for sure. I just didn't know with what. And I was like, what makes sense here?
And I was just like quickly Googling, what's the most poisonous snake in Korea? It's like a pit viper. I was like, all right, I'll yeah. use a pit viper. Why not? Yeah, man, I think we knocked that apart. Let's, you know, but again, as everyone knows, or and if you're new, we're going to see what AI can do. We're going to see what this AI can generate. And I have a feeling it's going to lose. I have, that was pretty good. I have a feeling it's going to have a hard time with this one. This one was very well put. A little nervous, but I think it was very well put. Let's see here. They log in. Yeah, that was interesting. That was kind of crazy because at the last minute, we were like, all right, let's go with Samurai. Right? Yeah, it was a last minute audible. But we may, I think we may have work. Oh, absolutely. All right, let me share my screen here. Mr. Chat GPT, can you create a story using the words cupboard, horizon, disaster, deprivation, and consumer? consumer. And consumer. Have the story take place in a samurai era it's themes or words in the story have the story take place in the samurai era and make it ever about revenge yeah. <laughs> yeah all right let's see what it spits out that was the word i was looking for i was like what time period is this and they just said a feudal Japan. <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was called. It was on the tip of my tongue. Tatsuo, huh? I like that name. That was a good name. Tatsuo. You have a, like a battle sequence here, it sounds like. Band of Warriors. Hmm. A bringer of justice. The bringer of justice. That's That might have to be ours. You know, I love these titles they come up with. What's this one? Samurai era revenge story. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 Once upon a time in feudal Japan, there lived a samurai named Tatsuo. Tatsuo lived a life of luxury as a trusted advisor to the local daimyo. I don't even know what that is. Enjoying the fruits of his master's wealth and power. But all of that changed when a terrible disaster struck the land, leaving the people in a state of deprivation. The once thriving cities were now plagued by famine and poverty, and Tatsuo found himself facing the harsh reality of a world he no longer recognized. Tatsuo's anger and frustration grew as he watched his once proud countrymen reduced to scavenging in the streets for scraps of food. He could no longer stand idly by as the powerful lords hoarded their wealth while the people suffered. So he decided to take matters in his own hands and seek revenge against the consumers who he believed were responsible for the nation's suffering. Tatsuo set on a journey to the horizon where he knew wealthy and powerful kept their vast reserves of food and riches locked away in towering cupboards. He was determined to break into these cupboards and distribute their contents to the people, bringing an end to their deprivation. As Tatsuo approached his destination, he encountered a band of ronin, uh, ooh, yeah. or master class samurai, masterless samurai who had also grown tired of the injustice and hardship inflicted upon the people. They joined Tatsuo in his quest for justice and together they stormed the fortress of the wealthy consumers. The battle was fierce and Tatsuo as his band of warriors fought bravely, but in the end, they emerged victorious. 
They broke open the cupboards and distributed the food and riches to the people, bringing joy and hope to a land that had only known suffering. From that day forward, Tatsuya was hailed as a hero among the people and a symbol of hope in a world that had been scarred by disaster and deprivation. He had taken revenge against those who had caused so much suffering, and in doing so, he had brought peace and prosperity to his people. And so, the once proud samurai became a legend, remembered for generations to come as the defender of the common man and the bringer of justice in a world where it was short supply. I think, okay, interesting. I think it wasn't half bad. However, the idea of like he reaches the end or he reaches his goal and is to get to open the cupboards so that way, like, seems kind of like you have this like big tail because it's actually a pretty, it started off like it's trying to bring about like a pretty epic tail. Yeah. And then the solution is something so small. Basically, he was Japanese Robin Hood. Right, right. Uh, yeah. And uh, I was just laughing. It's like all these people stored their wealth in right. cupboards. I'm just like, like, what? <laughs> it's like trying to be something epic. And then it's the solution is the small thing, which is cupboards, which all these wealthy are just hiding it in there. And it's just like not really realistic. Yeah. But it's not, it wasn't like with, with some detailed changes, it's not terrible. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. And it did include some like historical, I forgot about historical denominations. Yeah. Like, like Ronin. Like I forgot. Ronin. Yeah. yeah. Ronin feudal Japan. Yeah. Daimyo. I don't even know what that is, but I think it, it, this one might be close too. like, this might be the second time that it's gotten somewhere where it's like, you know, it's, you could pull that. You have to change the, like the why. And the how, like this whole idea with the cupboards, the way they, yeah. they're using it is just not, it doesn't match the epicness that it's trying to convey with everything else. Yeah, not quite. It started off all right, but does not hold a candle to what we created today. I think with Mr. Hans, I think if we're, if our story is here, the AI today came right about here. I think it's so. Or right here. I mean, it's not bad. It's not a bad story. It just doesn't make sense <laughs> to a <laughs> degree. But it could be easily fixed. It could. Yeah. It could. For sure. All right. Now it's time. Yeah. Give our tale a title to make it official. The bringer of justice. Hans. Hans the Ronin. Hans the Ronin. Hans the Samurai. Hans, the Ronin. It's not bad. The Ronin. A, Ron a Ronin's revenge. A Ronin's revenge. A Ronin's. The Shogun's mistake. It was his mistake. Are you, are you about to have a big, pretty big mistake. <laughs> a Ronin's revenge. A Ronin versus the Shogunate. Shogunate. Ronin's. Is there a movie that's just called Ronin? I feel like there is. Yeah. It's definitely not about samurai though. No, it's not. I've seen it before a long time ago. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. A samurai's Probably. dying wish. Samurai's dying wish. Dishonorable. 
The way of the warrior. The way of the sword. Mercenaries. The sword craves blood. The katana. Katana. Dishonorable. Because he does kill those guys in a dishonorable way. Yeah. Horizon? Yes. That could be. wants to leave his home. He could be one too. He watches it on the horizon, you know? Ronin's freedom. Ronin's slave. Doesn't even go together. Unknown lands. <laughs> Beyond the horizon is Korea. Oh, I got it. All right. I think. Well, well no. Well, like something like the clan. Something the clan. Yeah. Okay, I mean, it's pretty much about his, his clan. Like, the whole thing is him and his clan. Him getting revenge on his clan. It could be the clan. It could be the revenge of the clan. The revenge. A Ronin's justice. Exiled. Path of Exile. That's a game. A, a clan sounds like a clan's mistake. Samurai clan. Samurai clan? A samurai's, eg a samurai's exile. <laughs> Exiled samurai. Samurai Hans. Hans, Hans the... <laughs> Hans the Revenger. Hans wants blood. Hans Revenge. Hans Sword. Hans Katana. Hans Revenge. Hans Exile. The Path of the Exiled. Betrayed. Hans Betrayal. Hans Betrayal. That's not bad either. Han's betrayal. A samurai. Yeah, a, sam a samurai's betrayal. A samurai's betrayal. That's not bad. I think that's. I think that's the one. That might have to be the one. A samurai. A samurai betrayal. betrayal. Or or Ronin's betrayal. Uh, I mean. Technically, wasn't a Ronin. He did have a master. Yeah. All right. Game one. Right. In the end. So. Samurai's Betrayal. Samurai's Betrayal. You heard it there, folks. This is a Samurai's Betrayal. Appreciate you for tuning in. Yep. And next week, we'll be back with another epic tale. Or not. We'll see.